Hi, my name is Allie Williams, and I am obsessed with all things business, building a life you love, and living via leaps of faith. I'm a 5-1 fireball of spunk and fun. Four years ago, I left my old Kentucky home via a 72-hour crowdfunding campaign to join an entrepreneurial program in Silicon Valley. Little did I know after, I would actually be learning in the best classroom, the world. From fun to failure to deep faith-forming seasons, I explored, built businesses, loved life, met a boy on an Instagram dating show, and realized I was finally ready to bet on myself. Now, I'm coming to you from North Carolina to teach you what my years of chasing success taught me. Life is not about beating or becoming anyone else. It's not about your income, accomplishments, or wins. It's about your integrity. The things you want simply lead you to accumulating the courage and character you crave. The process allows you to be exactly who you've always wanted to be. Here, we're focused on one thing, helping you live your best life. Yep, I am indeed the hype girl you never knew you needed. So buckle up, because I believe you were created to change the world, but that requires you to believe it too. The question is, will you? Here, you're gonna discover how. So let's dive in, shall we? Welcome to life right up your alley. Wow, I am so excited for you to hear this episode with Katherine Binko. I have two things that I really want to touch on. First, this is a trigger warning. If you have suffered a eating disorder or a miscarriage and are not in a place to consume content around it right now, then go heal, go to the next episode, and we're praying over you. Um, If not, this is an episode where we go deep and we're really real and raw about our eating disorders and her experiences with miscarriage. That being said, the second point is Catherine is the wife of the COO of the company that my boyfriend Justin works for. Justin and I met on a quarantine dating show in the beginning of May and he lived in North Carolina, I lived in LA. I did not really have expectations. We dated intentionally, but I didn't know what was going to happen. So getting on this podcast with the wife of his boss, I was like, uh, I hope I don't do anything wrong. You know, it was so funny um, looking back, but this this conversation was so raw and real and just powerful that this was the first time, truly, that I thought, wow, I wonder if I would fit in in North Carolina. And it was just Catherine being Catherine that really opened that door for me. And, you know, I ended up moving here because I live with a really great friend from college named Kaylee Hobbs. And she is the COO of Create and Cultivate, an incredible brand here in North Carolina. So, you know, it, it was a path of, of accommodating powerful women that really got me here in addition to wanting to, you know, date Justin more intentionally. So I love this episode even more knowing, and that's why I'm sharing with you, that I was in a really confusing season and I did not know what God was doing, but I did know that Catherine felt like home for the first time in a really long time, and she does that. So I hope that you feel that sense of home too, and I hope that you can cultivate that for others because I know that's a huge goal of mine too. Enjoy this, soak it in, and let's dive in, shall we? 
Hello and welcome back to the Right Up Your Alley podcast. You guys are in for a treat because today our guest is not just sweet and incredible, but she is powerful. With that being said, thank you for being here, Catherine Binko. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I can't wait to dive in. I know that you have so much gold in there, so we're going to mine it all out. Well, I hope so. <laughs> the pressure is on. No, no, the pressure is off. So I just want you to start with your background. Where are you from? What do you do? Who is Catherine? Yeah, so I'm from Dallas, Texas. I currently live in Wilmington, North Carolina, though. I was raised in Texas and graduated from college in Oklahoma. And then after college, I went back to Dallas and lived there for a few years and worked in the marketing scene, worked in both corporate and nonprofit life. And then after just a crazy turn of events, which I know we'll get into the Lord just led me to Wilmington, North Carolina, which is actually where my mom is from. So I grew up visiting this little town for my whole life. And then surprisingly, he dragged me out of a really big city that I knew very well to here. And I've been living here for the last six years. I moved here in 2014. And now since then, I have in the last couple of years started my own business called Soul Fitness, where I lead workouts for women only. And the goal is to focus on shameless living, which I know we'll get into. The reason why this all started was because of an eating disorder in the past. And I really want women to be unashamed of their stories instead of using their past as like a way for shame to like release the shame and live in breakthrough. And I feel like we can overcome a lot as women if we are just like really vulnerable with where we've been and where we're at. And so we focus on community and we focus more on loving the skin that you're already in instead of trying to like fit some aesthetic that society says a woman should look like, which is all bonkers in my opinion. And I believed it for so many years. And now be on the other side, it's cool to be able to encourage women to not get into that trap. So that's what I do. And I'm married to my best friend, Michael. He is the bee's knees. Um, he's also from Dallas, Texas. And we also went to Oklahoma, but we never knew each other. We just have so many cross paths and we never actually met along the way. And through mutual friends, we ended up meeting while I lived in North Carolina and then we got married. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I did not know that, but I yeah, love Yeah, it's that. kind of nuts. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. And I think for anyone listening, I want you to know like there the magic behind a podcast, it's not very magical. Like you stalk people, like people yeah. tell you about other people and then you like become fascinated with them and then you reach out. That being said, you never know where an episode is fully going to go. You send, you know, the outline, we're going to go through this, but then you don't know what that person's going to create space for. And I just want to say it's so cool that you brought that up already because I didn't expect that and I had a really bad eating disorder. And so mm. I think this is going to be a really healing place. And I'm really excited to like be able to bring that truth because even this morning I was like running and thinking about it. And this yeah. it was something, it's a process, right? And it's, there's a lot of grace involved, but there's a lot of God in that healing, right? Yeah. And what I found and the reason why I started my business is most women struggle with some sort, sort of like disordered thoughts or disordered eating habits or disordered exercising habits without even necessarily realizing it and it doesn't necessarily have to be labeled as I had an eating disorder but we all struggle with body image and you're right it's a process it's something that you have to choose to fight daily and it doesn't ever really go away this side of heaven you know like it's something that we're going to constantly be reminded of from the enemy and it's like our job to fight it with truth yes and amen yeah that's so powerful I love that well I'm really excited to see just more into that with you so yeah. from there how did you start your business 
And also, how did you get to North Carolina? Because you said we were going to touch that. So I want to go there. One, what was the business and how did you get to Wilmington? Okay, I'm actually going to start with how I got to Wilmington because had I not gotten here, I would have never started this business. (laughs) So I'll start with that. I had graduated college and I moved back home to find a job, ended up finding a job in the corporate world and was doing like event planning for some pretty big companies and was 22 and had no idea what I was doing. And I started getting really anxious because I was working like crazy hours. And when you're thrown into the real world after college, it's already like a huge transition time and you're already on overdrive. But that job on top of having, I had gained a lot of weight towards the end of college. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go on my first ever diet. I'd never gone on a diet. I'd always been athletic or I didn't really care. I never struggled with body image issues, like weirdly until I was in my twenties, which is very rare. But yeah, so I started going on a diet and that on top with anxiety, it became something that I could control and it became something that I obsessed over. So after I lost a few pounds and got a lot of praise from my peers for looking thinner, I was like addicted to that and really went in way too deep with counting calories and over exercising and canceling calories out with exercise and just honestly removing myself from any sort of truth and living in this like complete bubble of denial and lies. And that lasted for a little over two years. And I was, it was like, I was living a double life after I'd left that job, which thank God I left that, that first job. I ended up working for this ministry that I love so much. It's actually what brought me to the Lord. And I felt like I was going into work and being this like, you know, totally has everything together, woman of God, and then leaving work and living in this lie. Like I wasn't being honest with what was actually going on in my life, which is why shameless living is such like an important tagline for me now because of how ashamed I lived for so long. So anyways, I was visiting North Carolina in 2013 for Christmas, visiting my grandmother. And I went on a run to the beach. And while I was at like, right when I got to the shore, I like fell to the ground and I call it a Holy Spirit moment, which I honestly haven't really had a ton of those. Like I heard the Lord (laughs) moments, you know, like that's just not how God speaks to me. It's more through community, but it was just this like undeniable moment of I'm supposed to do something right now. And I felt like it was God saying like, you're supposed to move here. This is going to be your fresh start. Like you're going to heal. And I was like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) You know, cause usually you ignore that voice at first. And then once it keeps convicting you, you're like, okay, fine, I'll listen. So I went back to Texas and a couple months later, I ended up actually putting in a resignation at my job and was like, I guess I'm moving to Wilmington. And my last day of work was on May 9th and I drove to Wilmington on May 10th and just kind of like restarted life here. And I really do feel like the words fresh start that I heard on the beach that day is exactly what I received here. Like I received a whole new fresh community. I made a promise to myself that when I moved here, when I introduced myself to people, when I made friends, that it would be like from a genuine, authentic place. Not that my Dallas friends weren't, but it would be more so like, hey, this is my story. This is why I'm here. Like I had an eating disorder. I actually still kind of have one. Like here's what I'm working through. And starting from that place really just broke down a lot of barriers to where the Lord brought me sweet community and a sweet church and a job. And I was just like, this is, this is my new gig. Like I'm, I'm all in. So that's what brought me to Wilmington. 
and then I'll kind of get into my business. Well, I want to say before you even dive into business, the the shame cycle. Yeah, it's real. It's real. And it's not just in eating disorders. I experienced that with my eating disorder, but you can encounter it in all kinds of different ways. Like, oh, uh, for sure. you know, the, the enemy loves a good foothold. So wherever he can really create that shame cycle, he's going to capitalize. Yeah. And what is so cool is we serve a God of fresh starts. We serve mm-hmm. a God who is going to direct our path and often it doesn't make sense, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense in that moment. And so just even before you go into the business aspect, I just, whether you own a business or not, whether, you know, you are listening and, you know, you're in the middle of an eating disorder or something that has a foothold on you, I just want you to understand that you're listening to this for a reason and that there is an available fresh start for you. So as you listen to Catherine's story, I just ask that you claim in Jesus's name like that for yourself. And it doesn't have to look the same, but understand that it's available. Yeah. We, I mean, we serve a God who is, has guaranteed new mercies every morning. And so for us to get stuck in shame, that's totally the enemy trying to push us away from our potential. And when we finally uncover those things that we're holding in or those things that we're believing that are true about us, which are complete lies, when we finally like let go of those, then it's amazing to see where we go from there when we start living in truth. So, and it can be with anything. It doesn't have to just be body image. Like you said, it's the imposter syndrome, shame, it's relationship shame. It's all, it's all over everything. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It comes in all shapes and sizes and not alone in it. I think that was when I like broke out of my eating disorder and then I like, I kept that quiet for so long. And then one day I kind of like said it and I realized everyone around me in this, this is, you know, same room had the same issue in their Mm -hmm. own capacity with that or with sex or with money or, you know what I mean? We all have our own stuff and that's fine. And so anyway, it's, it's really cool to be able again, to hear that freedom is available and that truth breaks off shame and that shame is not your identity. Thank you for sharing that. And I mean, now tell us about the business. So when I moved to Wilmington, I joined some gym, like I would go to gyms for free for like the first week or I'd go to like a running club. And I really met a lot of really sweet friends through fitness. And like I said earlier, I, I vowed that when I moved here, I would be honest about like where I was at so that I'd have accountability. So I would join this running club. I'd go on this really long run with girlfriends and I would share my story because, you know, you're just talking and running for miles and miles. And yep. I would find that a lot of women were like, same, like we just talked about like, oh, me too. I struggle with that too. And I was like, dude, this is so much more common and like nobody talks about it. So I was, I was working in marketing again, right. When I moved here for a couple years, like three to four years, I was working in marketing, but the last two years of those four years, I was kind of just starting to develop this little passion project on the side where I would meet. It started with once a month at like a park. And then it went to like once a week at the park. And then I would rent out a studio space once a month. And then it would go to twice a week. It was just so random and not consistent. But whenever I could, and whenever I had free time, I would lead a workout group. I was not certified. I only knew that I liked fitness and I wanted it to be only women. And I wanted to share truth at the end of each workout. That, that's all I cared about was like sweat and no shame. <laughs> and so we just met for fun. Two and a half years, it was free. And I just kind of developed and built this little like squad of, we call it each other soul sisters now, but started with this core group. And actually when Michael and I started dating, he was like, 
why aren't you doing this for your job? And I was like, well, you know, I can't really make money doing that. And like, it's not really a job. He was like, I mean, you can really make anything into a business if you're really passionate about it. And he actually really encouraged me to just move into the fitness world more. Like he was just like, try and get certified. So I got certified. And, and then after that, I got a job at a gym doing marketing for them, like doing something I knew. And then I slowly started shadowing. And then that led to me leading my own classes. And then after that, I became a personal trainer. And I was like, I can actually do this. So I kept doing the thing where I was working as a personal trainer in another gym. And then at nights, I would hold my own classes for women only. And then it became this unavoidable, undeniable calling of like, you have to go all in or you'll never see what I can do kind of thing. And so in February of this year is actually when I went full time into soul fitness. Wow. Great, great timing, like right before a global pandemic. But <laughs> But it's actually been freaking awesome. We own, we bought a house in February and in the house it had, this is such the Lord's just provision, but it has like the perfect space for a home studio. I now lead all of my workouts here at my house. I have three to four group classes a day and then personal training throughout the day as well. So I get, I literally just meet with women all day long. It's like my dream came true. And it's still happening during a pandemic because I know it's like what the Lord wants for me. So that's kind of how I eased into that. And then from there, we have a podcast now and just so many like cool events when there's not a pandemic where we can like really reach other people in the community. And it's kind of just expanded into all different types of little niches. That's incredible. And that's kind of how it goes. When I wanted to become an entrepreneur, I I learn from people. I'm like dyslexic and ADHD. School was like always something I did well in because I was disciplined, but it wasn't like something that I found joy in. Mm -hmm. And so what I learned though very easily through is people and stories and patterns, right? Right. I, you know, in studying like history and then studying entrepreneurship and like those who had done well and made waves, I realized like, all of us have very similar stories. You know, if you like do something like, I probably couldn't make money from this, you know, and then you're probably one day like, wait, I, I actually could. And you inch forward. And I think men, it's funny, you know, my business, I work with women and men, men like cannonball in. They're like, we'll figure it out on the way. And then women were like, we couldn't. Yeah. Maybe oh, inch, 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 right? But eventually we all make it in our own way. So it's super cool to hear that progression and how it really was born from a very deep, soul-sucking, shame-cycling obstacle that a lot of people don't have the courage to talk about. And so often in life too, I know my greatest triumphs and victories and like strengths have been born from weaknesses. Mm. And and from times when I, I wasn't sure that the Lord could take it or that I could give it to him, right? So I want to know what obstacles have you overcome to get where you are? Because I, I think you just outlined quite a few and, and really you were so vulnerable and real about it. But I think there are like even additional ones that we don't like, you know, you just get used to it as an entrepreneur. It's like, oh yeah, that happened. But like, what's a story of something happening and you overcoming it for someone listening that can, they can like cling to, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've run into a bunch of obstacles and I think that being an entrepreneur, what it, I think what it takes the most besides like a clear calling is just a lot of grit. 
like a lot of grind, a lot of failure, fail before you don't kind of situation. So I mean, a few obstacles that I've had, just to name a couple are one was I was running out space from a gym. And then all of a sudden, I lost that space and was not able to leave my classes. And then you kind of pick up and like figure it out. And I ended up for a month or maybe two months leading classes at my neighborhood's HOA community clubhouse, like the most random place, you know, but I was just like, got to do what I got to do. What can I do? So that was one definitely starting the business full time right before COVID hit was an obstacle just because you know, you kind of finally release this full schedule that you've been dreaming of for forever. And then everything has to go virtual and nobody wants to come see you. That was a huge obstacle for me. And I think you brought this up about like women and men. I think like the biggest obstacle with coaching specifically is that women tend to limit themselves because they, I don't know what, I don't know what it is in us. If it was like from Eve in the garden or what, but we just have these limiting beliefs of like, we can't do something where like a man goes like all in. So I think my limiting obstacles have been like, I'm not worth this amount of money. Nobody's going to want to come visit me three times a week and work out with me. Nobody's going to want to commit to a membership. So eventually being reinforced with positive affirmations from both my community, the Lord and my husband, I like have started to drop those limiting beliefs. But I would say that's kind of the biggest one is like not really seeing my own value or understanding that I'm worth what I'm worth. Like my skills are worth what I'm worth just because I'm like, Oh, I'm just like everyone else, you know, but I do have a skill that I can offer and I should be like valuing that, you know? Yeah. And by valuing it, you actually bless people. Like we block right. blessings of others when we do not stand in the obedience and like that courage, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So there's been, I mean, I would say just so many obstacles along the way right now we're battling, like my time is just sucked up. I work every night or every day from like 5.30 in the morning until 7 p.m. at night. And thank God we don't have kids and I can do that right now. But yeah, there's always going to be seasons of just different hardships and it's how you balance that as well as finding balance like outside of work for like taking care of yourself, you know, to make sure that that's a priority as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Mm -hmm. there's always, you know, it's that trial sets you up too for like that solution. Like you're going to find a way to create more space and time. Now that's that issue now. And Mm -hmm. then that's going to contribute to like a beautiful infrastructural solution that, you know, blesses the people that you're serving and maybe other trainers. Right. So always that trial is never without purpose and it's never, you know, it always can serve you, but you have to like be willing to find that solution, which a lot of people don't talk about too. I think like just like life ebbs and flows and different seasons are for different reasons. Like it's the same thing with business. It, it ebbs and it flows and it changes and you have to be willing to, to mold with the times, you know, and to kind of, instead of giving up, pick it up where it is and change it into a different direction or, or edit something or, you know, it's, it's always a rough draft that we're continuing to edit. It's never going to be the, the, the full draft, the, the turn it into your teacher kind of draft, you know? Uh, Absolutely. And that's, I had to realize that I remember I was 23 and I was sitting there and I was like, Whoa, I'm not going to find everything I want until I hit heaven. Yeah. Well, always in a way be a rough draft. And then one day the piece that I am craving will be in heaven and Mm -hmm. I have to be okay with that, right? Like the insatiability doesn't serve anyone. And so I want to know how do you commit to faith in the lows of life? 
that's a very timely question. <laughs> this has been a really as beautiful as this year has been with starting the business and everything going better than I could have expected with that. Given the times, it's been a really difficult year for us. We have had two miscarriages this year and really want a baby. And so to have two pregnancies in a matter of seven months be taken away from you. And it's really tested my faith. Michael and I have really battled a lot with questions of why do we even pray if the Lord's will is already, you know, going to happen? Or what does it look like to grieve? Or what does it look like to communicate amongst grief? Or what does it look like to wrestle with God? All these different questions. I know I have definitely been battling this this year. And what I found is that the more I, I would rather wrestle with God than not talk to him. So I would rather it just be a gritty fight than me shut him out of my life or me not have a hope in something more. So I'm learning that the wrestle is like totally okay. And the more I read in scripture, it's like basically 75% wrestling. <laughs> so that's something that has increased my faith is to never stop wrestling. And then also... I do this thing where it's kind of like my theme of like falling away from the Lord and coming back, falling away. It's like this circular thing. And it's usually like when I'm out of the word and when I'm not living it or receiving truth, then I'm like over here. And then the second I get into the word, it turns around and my faith is increased. And this, this past like six weeks, I've been doing a Bible study with best friends to hold myself accountable and just being back in the word <laughs> after what we've been through this year has just rooted my heart in so much more peace because I I was relying on my own strength during the two hardest things I've ever been through. And I'm not going to be able to sustain that. So when I get in truth, that is actually sustaining. It increases my faith, mm -hmm. you know? So I think that goes with business too. Business is hard. And if you're just doing your business on your own terms and you're doing it on your own accord or your own strength, like you mentioned earlier, it's going to there's going to be a breaking point. But if you do it with God's strength, then you can overcome anything and your faith can be increased always. And we don't come out of the womb knowing these things. No, it's a constant practice. Exactly. And you know what's so funny? I was talking to someone recently about this. It's kind of like when you're in the when you're in the tough season, you forget about God's redemption in every other season. Like you forget that like Oh, he saved me from so much. Like he saved me from an eating disorder. He saved me from bad breakups. He saved me from moves. He saved me from a lot of hurt in my life. But when I was going through the hurt this year of miscarrying, I, w I forgot about all of that. I was just like, this sucks. Like, why, why me? You know, all those questions that we have. And then it's always like a, it's a, it's a constant cycle of hurt, redemption, hurt, redemption, hurt, redemption. And when we bring our hearts back to remembering his redemption story over our personal lives, then I think we can get through the hurt way more quickly and like with a stronger mindset than if we were just to sit there thinking like, why have you forsaken me? You know, remembering his grace is, is huge. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of my best friends has miscarried twice this year too. And we like do life together. And so there are a lot of moments, you know, I, I haven't physically experienced the trauma. I can't imagine, you know, I'm many steps from that in my life too, mm -hmm. but I could see 
in that wrestling, like, you know, she would just bring so much to me and so much her and it was a different version of her. But like, all I could really communicate was like, your wrestling is holy. And I know you Mm -hmm. said that. And I think, you know, every new level of life has a new devil. And that doesn't make it easier. Yes, God has proven himself faithful over and over and over and over and over to us, and he will continue to do so. But when you see a new level of something taking from you and limiting, you know, you and putting God in a box, because that's what an experience like that does. It puts God in a box, it puts you in a box, and it separates you. You know, it it does take so much strength and faith to actually commit to the wrestling and the questioning and the still doing, and even knowing that you need the accountability, you know, wise. And that, that right there shows that you've learned so much through those other things. So you're drawing upon what he's taught you, even when you don't know where to look for him. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the Israelites, they would be lost and then they, they would be redeemed and then they would forget that they were redeemed and they'd get lost again. I mean, it's a constant cycle and all throughout scripture, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, the Psalms, David in the Psalms is like praising God in one sentence. And then the next line he's cursing him. So it's this constant battle. And I think it's just like we talked about earlier, always going to be like that, this side of heaven, you know, and this is like our time where God's going to give us little little winks, little snippets of who he is. And then one day we're going to see the whole picture and we're gonna be like, Oh, thank God. You know, (laughs) thank God I kept wrestling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's committing to that. It's the unsexy stuff. Yeah. You know, that God is faithful and that like your promise is going to come to pass, but you're not doing it for the promise. You're doing it because you were created to do what you're doing. He made you to stand firm Mm -hmm. fullness as a human right right Um, and so with that I want to know what does courage mean to you going through you know a lot you've seen a lot in your time on earth I think courage to me is like another word for courage would be resilience courage to me is being okay with falling short and then continuing anyway so you're you're not guaranteed success in everything that you do, but you can choose to keep fighting. So I think courage is just being resilient, picking up where you fell down and and fighting through it and finding a different way. And I also think courage, I know I talked about this earlier, is just courage is being unashamed, is being vulnerable. It's like it's really, it would be really easy for me. And I think it's easier in our day and age to kind of hide who we really are or what we're really going through because there's social media, there's filters, there's highlight reels. And I think the courageous thing to do is in my instance is for me to share on social media that I've had two miscarriages and for women to feel less alone. I think it's courageous for you to go on a run with your friend and tell them that you struggle with body image issues. Or I think it's courageous to tell a person that you're dating that you've been hurt in the past and this is what you expect from him. I think those things are courageous in order to make any movement in life. You have to be vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true and good and empowering too. Like vulnerability and commitment to everything you just said is very, very empowering when you allow it to be. Yeah, for sure. What advice do you have for someone who is in a season of disappointment or pressure then, Catherine? Oh, gosh. Um, Keep going. So we interview a lot of entrepreneurs on our podcast as well. And we always say like, what's something you would ask women or tell women? And they always say, just start or keep going. And I just think those are two of the best things. Like just start where you are with what you have. God has put you here where you're at for such a time as this. And then keep going and let people in on your journey. Like let community fill you up, let community hold you accountable and just keep going. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And letting people in is harder. Like it's okay if it's hard. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I feel like for me, I was like, that feels so uncomfortable. Like people <laughs> talk about community and it's like, sometimes it doesn't feel like a hug. Sometimes you have to like be seen and be like, I feel naked, you know, but yeah. there's goodness to come from that. Right. When you have the right people in the right community. I was going to say, you have to, you have to have the right people. And when you find the right people, it's, it, you know, you found them when you say something that you're dealing with or that you're going through. And instead of you feeling heavier at, after saying it, you feel so much lighter. Mm-hmm. Like you feel just peace because they're like, Oh girl, you're not alone. Like they just accept you. Yeah, absolutely. That's when you know you found the right community. Absolutely. And you deserve, you know, anyone listening, you deserve to be seen and held and safe. So look for that in your community. That's what God is. And that resides in so many of his people and so many humans on earth. But look for those who hold that because you deserve it. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. What advice do you have for someone who is experiencing an eating disorder or recovering from one? This is tough because until you're ready to heal, you probably won't. And so I think if you're struggling with an eating disorder, one, I want you to know that you're, you're not alone. And two, I want you to know that your value is not in the number on the scale. Some tangible tips that I would give people who are like ready to heal is to get rid of your scale, to see a therapist or a counselor, to bring in your community, maybe tell your best friend or tell your family, someone in your family, what you're going through so that you're not alone. And then to also be willing to choose it. Like we talked about earlier, every single day, know that it's not going to go away overnight and be okay with the fact that it's about progress instead of perfection. It's always one little baby step at a time. And if you take two steps back, you can always take another step forward the next day. You're never too far gone. Yeah, absolutely. Amen to that. There's redemption redemption available for us all, but it looks different. So we can't compare it. Yeah, (laughs) totally. That's incredible. And thank you for sharing all of that and just like the power in it. So in exchange, you know, this community is really rare. Like the women and the men that are here are so willing and ready to support and to show up and to love you. So please tell us how we can support you. Yeah, if you, you can always follow along on Instagram, which is the easiest way at at soul fitness, S O L E underscore fitness. And then at my own personal Instagram at K call K C O L L my maiden name. I haven't quite changed that yet. And ways that you can support me if you're looking to if you're a woman looking to train online we have a virtual training program but honestly the biggest thing is just championing other women as a way to support like my main goal in this business is just to have this idea of shameless living spread way beyond Wilmington North Carolina Mm -hmm. so if you're able to bring that to your community then you're supporting this vision in a in a huge way Yes and amen. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I love this.